right. Well, it's good to be here with all of you. Oh, man. Uh, it is just such a blessing to be able to be here together, uh, to be able to be back on our campus, to hear singing and worship live, to be able to have a time together uh, diving into God's word together today. And so um, I'm, just, I'm just so excited. So we're so thankful for everyone who's here watching uh, and all of you who are watching at home online. Uh, this is what it's going to look like. And so we're so excited for you to be able to continue to worship with us each and every Sunday morning at our website, palmerado.online.church at 9 and 10.30 a.m. And this is what it's going to be, and we cannot wait uh, to keep worshiping with you. With that said, uh, I'm going to ask that we begin in a word of prayer as we get ready to uh, dive into what God has for us as we are continuing this series called the Anthem of Hope. So will you join me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are, Lord, and we thank you for uh, this time that we have together. Lord, it's such a blessing to be with one another, to worship you, whether we're in our homes or whether we're able to worship in person. God, you are good. No matter where you are, uh, you are worthy of all of our praise. And it is so good to be able to be together. Father, I pray that as we dive into your word, that I would decrease and that you would increase, that you would speak in a personal, powerful, impactful way to each and every one of us. We love you, God, and it's your son's holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to continue this series through um, the Anthem of Hope, and so go ahead and turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 27. We're going to be in Acts chapter 27, and as you are turning there, um, I want to just give a moment. Uh, if we could just give, um, if you're watching online, like click some of those hearts or uh, just a round of applause um, for uh, Dan Goodham, Pastor Dan, how he started our series uh, last week. I um, mean, just did an incredible job. Uh, he just hit it out of the park almost as much, actually more so uh, than the Padres this past week when they have like four games in a row of Grand Slams. I mean, Dan just knocked it out of the park, um, and he really got us going and looking at this idea of hope not just being something we talk about, but that hope is our anthem. Hope is that which we can sing and pro proclaim because of who Jesus is. And so we're going to um, continue this idea here through the Anthem of Hope, talking about our sermon today, which is going to be called Weighing Anchors. And it's all about what happens during a storm. And to kind of open this up, Steph shared a dream that she had uh, just the other night. And then she was saying that in this dream, it, it caused her a lot of stress uh, and, and um, nervousness. And she woke up with a bad dream, right? And it wasn't like a scary dream, like anything, you know, bad, evil, but just scary in the sense of, uh, in the dream, she was um, inside a car, and the rain was coming down, like a storm was coming down. And during the dream, all of a sudden, she was unable to turn the car anymore. And the car started to, to slide backwards in her dream. So all of a sudden, she's no longer in control of the car. She no longer has an idea of what's happening. Instead, she's rolling backwards. The rain's going. The brakes aren't working. And all of a sudden, she's losing kind of this um, dynamic of what it looks like to feel like you're in control because she's in the middle of a storm. And she woke up, and it was a stressful time. And, uh, you know, thankfully, it wasn't raining outside. In fact, this weather has been very much the opposite of raining this week. But that, that dream, that picture paints for us this idea of what it's like when we are facing storms in our lives and it feels like we are out of control. Oftentimes, you know why? Because we are out of control of what's around us. 
And as we are going to be in Acts chapter 27, excuse me, we're going to be looking at the story of Paul as he is going on. um, He's going to be heading over to see Caesar and he's been arrested. He's a prisoner and he's going on this journey. And what I want to do is kind of paint this picture of how she was, Steph's dream talks about being out of control and this season of the pandemic, all of 2020, with fires going on all across our state and praying for those who are um, affected by those, affected by the um, uh, by homes being evacuated, uh, those who are um, fighting those fires, by recognizing that there are so many other things with the pandemic and with jobs and with the economy and so many things that are going on that it feels like we're completely out of control, that we're skating backwards, we're rolling backwards, And we need an anchor. We need something to hold us firm and secure and steadfast. And so as we are talking through those different points, I want to start off our main point today that says this. In the storm, our ability to cope coincides with what anchors our hope. In the storm, our ability to cope coincides with what anchors our hope hope. Because if our hope is in anything of this world, there will be times in which we fall short. If our hope is in Jesus, then we know that he will be secure and firm. Will you pray with me as we open up again? Father, we thank you for who you are. May I decrease. May you increase. May you speak in a personal, powerful, impactful way to each and every one of us as we dive into your word. We love you, Lord, and we give this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, for your notes, we're going to start in Acts 27, but uh, inside your notes, you're going to see five different anchors that falter in the storm. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at the story and, and pick apart some of the different aspects and details of Acts 27 that will allow us to recognize that we often, we all need a hope and to be anchored in something. But if we anchor our hope in any of these five things, as well as myriad other things as well, right? But if we anchor our hope in any of these five things, then it will often fall apart in the storm. It might be fine when sailing is smooth, but when the sailing gets rough and the rains are coming down, we need an anchor that is more sure and secure than what we have often made up for ourselves. So the first one that we're going to see, we're going to start reading in uh, verse 9. And to give a summary again, this is Acts 27. They're going off on a ship and... They came up where it had taken a long time for them to move from space to space. And so verse 9 of Acts 27 starts off like this. This is where we'll pick up our story. Much time had been lost and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the Day of Atonement. So it's getting into the fall season. Uh, They're worried about where they're going to winter as part of their journey. So Paul warns them, Man, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives also. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and of the owner of the ship. Since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This was a harbor in Crete facing both southwest and northwest. And we'll stop there because... One of the things that, one of the anchors that often falters in the storm is when we anchor our lives on the opinions of others. When we look at to what other people have and we say that that is what we need to base everything on. 
that what one person says, what another person says, and the opinions of people can change just as often as the tide can change, just as often as the weather changes. And so if you watch the news, you will see, if you go on social media, if you are having conversations with friends or people or family members, the opinions of other people are, are just, they're all over the place. And, and they talk about very, uh, you know, big topics that there can be varying opinions on. Topics that I think are worth us discussing uh, here today. Topics such as, you know, is a hot dog a sandwich? Right? Because there's bread and, and there's meat, so is that a sandwich? Is, is, is cereal a soup? You know, in that case, does the milk become the broth? I mean, th- these are things. Uh, is it something where, um, when we think of these things that are silly, right? So how many of you, I don't know how many of you think that, like, hot dog is a sandwich? Raise a hand. Okay, very good. Nobody, wonderful. Uh, those of you who think that cereal is a soup, yeah, it's felt weird to me too. Another one that felt weird that I didn't uh, choose, but uh, someone also asked the question of whether or not uh, a Pop-Tart is a ravioli, you know, instead of like wheat noodle, but like bread that's covering a filling. I- I'm not going to go there, but see, the, obviously these are, these are lighthearted examples, right? But the idea remains that your opinion and my opinion may be different. And if we're basing our lives upon the opinions of other people, then what's often going to happen is that once the opinions of those around us sway, so too can our hope. And our hope is not meant to be as flimsy as the opinions of others. Our hope is meant to be as secure as who God is. One of the anchors that we see that does falter in the storm is the opinions of others. The opinion number two is our perception of being in control. And and I think this is kind of what taps into uh, Steph's dream that she shared. The idea that we want to feel like we're in control. And and I'm not a big person that looks into dreams or or things like that. God speaks through dreams. I know that. And I believe that. And that's happened in my life as well and as other people's lives I know. Um, But the idea of just, you know, interpretation of dreams, you know, you could kind of take it or leave it. I'm not going to go there. Um, But one idea that I have read, if you do look into those things, um, is the idea of how uh, a car is representative in a dream often of our own lives, because it is something that we feel like we can control. So if we have a dream of a car and we're out of control, there's rain and we're sliding backwards, it's a symbol or it can be, again, I'm not going to go into that too much, but it can be a way to point to the fact that we feel out of control. And we see this in the text, starting in verse 13. In verse 13, it says this, When a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity, so they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. I'm going to stop there real quick, because um, in preparation for this message uh, is when I learned that I had made a mistake of a basic understanding that many of you already know, especially those of you in the military, the Navy, but I uh, mistakenly and embarrassingly, honestly, um, thought that when we would say the term like anchors away, I thought it was anchors away like A-W-A-Y, and it was the idea that you would throw your anchor out of the boat and you'd be able to then land safely somewhere. Like that's what I thought anchors away meant, which is very much the exact opposite of what anchors away means because anchors away is actually, you know, it's the, it's the Navy anthem and it's away, A-W-E-I-G-H. And it's the idea that there's nothing, the anchors have been pulled up from the ground. There's no more weight holding the anchor to the ground. And so as it's away means that the anchor's been lifted and that now the ship is free to move. And so what this allows for us to remember is that 
when in verse 13, they saw the opportunity. The weather looked like it was going to be okay for them to be able to travel. They decided, okay, we're going to go for it. So they started, they weighed their anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. They thought if they just stayed alongside where the land was, they couldn't get too far off. Verse 14, before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. We're going to stop there with this idea of just giving way to it, that they thought they were in control. The, the pilot, the captain, and the centurion, who was the prison guard in charge of Paul, they all thought they were the ones in control of the ship's destination, the ship's ability to move, the ship's uh, navigation, and the ship's overall what was going to happen with it. And, and then all of a sudden, they saw their opportunity. They weighed anchor. They pulled up the anchor. They started going. And then shortly thereafter, a northeaster, something beyond their control, blew across a hurricane force wind that then threw off the course of their lives, the course of their voyage, the course of their journey. And so this is such a picture of our world today. This is why, one of the reasons why we need an anthem of hope, an anthem that calls us to trust in God and Jesus as our anchor, because Many of us had an idea what this year was going to look like. Maybe many of us had hopes. And by that definition of hope, we mean a, a wishful thinking of what this year was going to look like. But as something as, as crazy as a pandemic comes and changes the way life is, not just here in Poway or wherever it is that you are watching, but across the world has been affected by this. And I know you already know this. I'm not telling you something that you're not aware of. But when we feel like we have the perception that we are in control, that makes the lack of control or the loss of control all the more devastating. See, in agrarian societies or societies or cultures in which we base, uh, they, they base their living off of the agriculture and, and the crops and everything, they, they recognize that they are not in control of how the crops are going to come in that year because it's based on the sun, it's based upon the watering, how much rain's coming down, it's based upon the working and the tilling of the land, but it's, it is based on circumstances outside of a farmer's control. And so they could do all the work and do all the right things, and yet there still could be a, a wind that scorches the crops, a sun that, that blocks it all out, and, and, the, and the water that could just, not enough water, excuse me, that would allow it for it to not grow. In our society, we, many of us are not based on uh, agrarian culture, on, on farming, and so we can tend to think we have more control. And so then when we don't have it, when we lose it, and we just have to give way to wherever the wind may take us, wherever the world is taking us, that can be so devastating for many of us. Because we want to feel like we could control something. And that idea of how we want to control something kind of leads us into our next couple of points. Our next couple of anchors that we try to hold on to, but they end up faltering in the storm. The next anchor that falters in the storm is our own efforts to, quote, hold it all together. Our efforts to hold it all together. Verse 16 and 17 say it this way. 
as we passed to the lee of a small island called Kauda, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. So the men hoisted it aboard. Then they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together. Because they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbars of Sirtis, they lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. You hear this? They, they recognized that they needed to just try to put ropes under the ship and try to hold it all together. For us, in the midst of storms, we try so hard to hold things together. We, we only post things online that are encouraging and uplifting to what we're going through because we want to look like we can hold it all together. We, we only share superficial problems in our lives because we want to look like we can hold it all together. We, we only give the sanitized prayer requests to people rather than the real ones that are, that are harming us or hurting us or are calling us to repentance and we need prayer for. We, we try to just put our ropes and hold our lives together by the grit of our teeth and the sweat of our brow. And so often that falters because none of us are strong enough to hold our lives together on our own. And if we try to put all of our hope in our own strength, we will very quickly recognize our own weakness. If we try to put all of our hope in our own strength, we will very quickly recognize our need for a stronger anchor of hope. See, our efforts to hold it together may work for a while, but we cannot do this on our own. And I'm speaking to everyone here, and I'm speaking to you who are watching. You cannot do this on your own. And if you are struggling or hurting or in need of hope, do not hesitate to reach out to loved ones. If you're in danger or, or you're afraid of, for your own health or your own safety, reach out and ask for help. Because you're not alone. God loves you so much. So please, please recognize you do not have to hold it all together. In fact, as Galatians 6, 2 says, that we ought to carry one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. That was number three. Our efforts to hold it all together falters in the storm. The fourth one, uh, anchor, as we're going quickly through these, is the idea of unnecessary baggage. Unnecessary baggage in our lives and how we turn to that often. Here's what verse 18 says. It says, We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. So imagine, these are merchants. These are people who are giving Paul a ride to get to see Caesar. But these are people who had their money in this cargo. They had all these different things. But when a storm hits, we very quickly, and so, the sailors would very quickly recognize that in order for us to survive, we need to get rid of some baggage, some extra things uh, that although they've been important to us, they may cause us to be weighed down in the midst of a storm. So the importance of recognizing we need to get rid of this unnecessary baggage. Now, for some of us, that unnecessary baggage are harmful and hurtful wounds from our past that when the storms come, we go back to those dynamics. That, that maybe we've struggled with alcohol or we've struggled with drugs or we've struggled with addictions of various different kinds. And so when the storm comes, we turn to the baggage that, that has been part of our 
pain, part of our difficulty, and we go back to that as if that's going to help us. And it's like going on a ship, and it's facing a storm, and then deciding that we need to hold on to all the unnecessary things in hopes that that will give us salvation, or that will give us the ability to survive. But the truth is, is that we need to cast aside those things that are no longer things that we need to hold on to. Some of you, that's wounds. Some of you, that's addictions. Some of you, it's a lack of being able to forgive somebody in your life. And and so we go back to this lack of forgiveness. And so when the storm comes, we blame somebody else. We, we lash out to those closest to us. We, we, we cry out. We struggle. And, and we need to ask God to release us of some of this baggage in our lives. God, remove from us all these things that might displease you. As Psalms 139 talks about that we would, God, see if there's any offensive or grievous way within me and lead me in the way everlasting. God, help me to remove the baggage, the unnecessary baggage, and to cast it aside so I can take hold of that which is my actual hope. Last one, last point here. We've talked about four different anchors, and we're going to close here looking at verse 19 through 20. Let me read the passage and then I'll, um, then I'll say the last point. 19 and 20. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. And then verse 20. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. See, Sailors would use the the sun and the stars to to help them to know how to navigate. Uh, I learned more about um, navigating in in this way um, through watching Moana, you know, when it's just looking at uh, the stars and how uh, Maui is teaching Moana how to be a wayfinder. And she's like trying to like look to the stars and he's like, you're, you know, you're looking, navigating the stars. You're not giving the sky a high five, right? So uh, for all the parents who've been watching Disney Plus way too much during this pandemic, you'll catch that. Um, but just this idea of recognizing that, you know, learning that the sun and the sky or stars in the sky were the things that they would see and they would depend upon in order to navigate their lives, navigate their journey and their voyage. Number five, the anchor that often falters in the storm, in addition to the ones we've mentioned, the fifth one is our own dependence on that which we can see. Our dependence on what we can see. That, that we, we think that we have to walk by sight and not by faith. That, that we recognize that what we see is devastating and, it, and it's, it's temporary and it's a struggle, but what is unseen is eternal, right? That for you, going into this pandemic or even in this season, what are the things that, that you have seen and has then become the, de- the basis upon your dependence to find hope? For some of you, it's your finances. It's the ability to be able to purchase and buy and sell the things that you want to be able to buy. It's to be able to have the kind of house that you want to have and to live in the neighborhood you want to live, to be able to go on the vacations you want to go to and and have the memories you want to have financially uh, that allow those to happen financially. And so what happens is, is that then you say, well, now my, I lost my job or, or there's been cutbacks, I've been furloughed. 
or just there's no business anymore. And all of a sudden, that which we've depended on, our own finances, our tangible checkbook, and our tangible understanding of, of money, those are the things that all of a sudden, we don't see that anymore. And so therefore, if our dependence is only on what is seen, then the moment that which is seen is no longer seen, then it rocks our dependence upon it. Maybe for some of you, it's your careers, that you wanted to launch a business or to launch into a new career, and then the, the pandemic has affected you, and maybe it's the point where you wanted to do something, and, and now you're trying to navigate how to um, do distance learning with your kids. And so how do you still pursue something that you've wanted to do while also learning how to lovingly teach and, and lead and, and be there for your, your kids who need you, but it's a whole new realm of things that you weren't prepared for. And the struggle then becomes, you know, but my career was something outside of the home and, and now I don't know what that looks like. Maybe it's relationships and friendships have been divided over some things that are going on or there have been issues or struggles. Whatever it is that you have looked to in others or things that you can see and upon which you've depended your identity and your hope, those things so often falter in the storm. And for me, I know I've shared this with you before, but I'm experiencing it in a new way that part of the things or one of the things that I know I um, have turned to in order to get my identity or my, my hope is, is the opinions of other people. So this kind of ties in a few of the points earlier. But, you know, I, when, when I'm um, in a season where I'm trying to do things and, and it feels like, you know, there's um, not getting, you know, encouraging notes. And I have been getting several from some of you. So I'm not saying I'm not getting any. So thank you who've reached out. Um, but, you know, there's times where, like, there's division. There's frustration. Um, I'm the only one that hears my sermons before they come out. So there's no, like, amens or cheers or even boos, right? So it's just learning that, you know, I'm not getting that, that moment-to-moment relational or, or approval of people. And so if I don't see that, if, if that's what I've become dependent upon for, for my own worth or my own identity, my own hope, then something like a pandemic can eradicate that or rock that ship in my life to then feel like, well, now what does it look like? How do I know if I'm finding approval? And, and I found that this has caused a, a little bit of a dilemma with me because I've been going through grad school. And in grad school, I'm able to get, you know, grades right away. I'm able to be affirmed right away with, oh, you did a good job on this paper, or you did a good job with this discussion thread, or whatever it is. And, and I found that I've just, instead of asking God to remove that unnecessary baggage of the people, opinions of others, instead of asking God to say, hey, I don't want to look into the opinions of other people in order to find my identity, it's just transferred that onto a different avenue to go, fall into the same difficulty. It, it's the same anchor that's going to falter. It's just tied to a different part of my life, different part of the ship. And, and so asking God to, to remind me that my identity isn't found in what everybody else thinks of me. My identity isn't found in, in, in how many times you push the heart button or don't. Don't do it just for pity. I'll know. I'm just kidding. It's not found in any of these external things. My identity, my hope... Your identity, your hope, if you've given your life to Jesus, is in the firm foundation of the life, the death, 
and the resurrection of Christ. And who he is as fully God and fully man. What he did, came down and lived a perfect life and died a horrible death, but was raised to new life. So that all of my sin and all of my shame and all of my burden and all of my pain could be put upon the cross so that it would be crucified with Christ and I could be a new creation. That all of your sin, all of your shame, all of your pain can be put on the cross of Christ when we find our identity in him. So as I signal to that, we've talked about five anchors that don't work, that falter in the storm. But what's the anchor that does? The anchor that remains firm. Not the ones that are in the storm, but that remain firm. And I'll read this from Hebrews chapter 6, starting in verse 19. It says this, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary, excuse me, behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He's become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. We're going to go into Hebrews 6 a little bit more in future weeks. But until we do, remember that our identity, our foundation, our hope is found in Christ. It's found in the fact that though we did not earn his love, he gave it freely. Though we did not do enough and could never do enough to be saved and to make ourselves good enough in his sight, Jesus already was good enough, and he laid down his life so that we might become the righteousness of God. We might receive his righteousness. That all of the sin of the things we do that we shouldn't, that we commit, and the sins that we don't do that we should, are of omission, the sins of omission that we omit, both of those have been crucified with Christ. When we confess our sins, he is righteous and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So our hope is Jesus. Everyone needs a hope anchored in something. For those of us who follow Jesus, our hope isn't anchored in a something, like baggage and opinions of others and things like that that are outside of our control. Our hope is anchored in a someone. Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, who knew no sin, but became sin. The one who he demonst- God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. That there are many foundations upon which to build our lives, but 1 Corinthians 3.11 says the only foundation upon which we should build. The only foundation is the one that's already been laid in Christ, Jesus. He is our living hope. And I'm going to pray in a moment, but as we close, and we uh, mentioned earlier that, you know, Anchors Away was the anthem, or, or it's the theme for the, for the Navy. We're going to have a song that we're going to be singing a little bit more consistently, consistently excuse me, during this ser- series. That as Pastor Dan mentioned last week, this idea that hope should be our anthem. It should be something that we focus on, that we sing out. It reminded me of, let's come up with, uh, let's, let's, let's sing a song consistently together of, that can be our anthem of hope in this series of Anthem of Hope, but anthem of hope in this season of our lives. And so we already sang it. It's called Living Hope, and we're going to sing it again in a moment of communion in just a few moments. But before we do, 
I'm going to ask that you would join me in one final word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for who you are, and I pray that you would be with each and every person uh, that is watching this sermon tonight, the service tonight, God. May we cast aside the different anchors that are faltering, Lord. Forgive us of times where we find our dependence upon anything other than you. Forgive us of times where we hold on to our own baggage rather than surrendering them to you. Forgive us of times when we place more value on the opinions of others rather than on your opinion. God, do whatever you need to do in our lives so that we too can cry out and take hold of firm grasp of you as our hope that is firm and secure, the anchor for our soul, and that we could sing to you as our living hope. We love you, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.